Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, in China, we're witnessing a rapid double-digit increase of female drivers. In the U.S., even when women buy over 60% of new cars, designs still scream man cave. Today, we'll unpack this issue and discuss how the automobile industry can shift gears to create more gender-inclusive vehicles that appeal to a diverse range of consumers. And your voice matters, and we want to hear it on our Heart to Heart segment. Got a question? Something you're itching to share? Fire up that voice memo and hit us up at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts. Now on Roundtable, let's move on to the next topic of discussion. When it comes to car design, are automakers missing the mark with female buyers? Have you seen Tesla's Cybertruck on social media? Could it be any more filled with testosterone? Channeling my inner Chandler Bing here. Despite making up a significant portion of the car buying market, women are often underserved by traditional automotive designs, which tend to prioritize stereotypically masculine features and aesthetics. We take a look at the disconnect. Between what's on the market and what women truly desire in a vehicle. So, Xingyu, tell us about the numbers of female drivers, and it's on the rise. Yes, everywhere it feels. Yeah, globally, women make up a significant and growing percentage of car owners,、um, according to data platform Statista. In 2021, female motorists accounted for just over half of all licensed drivers in the U.S., and also according to Cars.com. Com. Data released in 2019 show that female consumers accounted for 62% of all new cars sold in the U.S., and we've also spotted similar trends in China. Data from the Ministry of Public Security show that the number of female drivers increased from 70 million in 2014 to 162 million in 2021, and also another report revealed that in 2020, for the first time, the amount of car consumption by female consumers exceeded that of male counterparts in China. Um, another report called the Chinese Women's Car Consumption Trend Report 2023 also showed that the income level and consumption capacity of female consumers are continuing to rise, and this has made them the main decision makers for family car purchases in China. That being said, however. Car designs still target the male buyers to a large extent, or let's just say most car designs haven't really changed that much, and it's been traditionally geared towards men, and it still is. Josh, I think that you're right here, and there's several factors to consider. I think that Tesla's Cybertruck. I think it's one of the ugliest cars that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life,、um, personally. Um, but it is very masculine.、Mm-hmm. It's it's even very military,、mm-hmm. almost for me. It looks like it's like something designed for Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator, <laughs> which is also as masculine as you know. It's so masculine that he doesn't even have feelings, right? You know, he's just this. 
this like, <laughs> like robotic thing. So it's a perfect example to talk about. And it's also the most modern and futuristic automobile that we have, right? So it certainly isn't, I think. Anyway, um, I think that there's a few other examples uh, that really show that masculinity and males are still at the center of automobile design. Um, of course, we cannot just take Elon Musk's Tesla Cybertruck as the only example. That would be unfair, right? But there's a lot of other examples as well. Um, there's a Shanghai-based electric car maker um, called Hi-Fi, and they have uh, the Hi-Fi A hypercar uh, also is very male orientated uh, if you look at this design and so is the nissan hyperforce concept which debuted at the japan mobility show in october 2023 it looks like it's straight out of um, death race if you've <laughs> ever seen that movie it's quite interesting because it begs the question really i mean why is it masculine right what makes it masculine mm -hmm. and what would make it feminine mm -hmm. right um, and i think that's quite a difficult question to answer because automobiles although they've changed a lot since their original inception still the models or the shapes of quote-unquote classic cars do come back and remain popular right and even some cars that weren't designed for females such as the classic volkswagen beetle or the beetle in general is a is a really classic example of a car that has now come to be known as a female car the shape of it because it's quite curved right mm -hmm. less jagged it's like the opposite of this tesla cybertruck right but originally it wasn't designed for females right it came to acquire that mm -hmm. so i think that that question is quite difficult to answer and probably takes somebody with more of a an expertise in design to answer but certainly it is true that most of these concept cars, those cars being the ones that are sort of flagship models, those ones that are the runway cars, the ones that show the essence of the brand and stuff like this are definitely more tailored, it seems still towards the male market. Yeah, mm. I think it is definitely unfair just to uh, give one or two examples. And the Cybertruck, mm -hmm. certainly I'm not its target <laughs> audience. I will never be. <laughs> I will need far more savings in my bank account <laughs> to be targeted. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Beyond that, just I think it would exclude most regular females with its design because it's you say it's futuristic, Josh. I say it's apocalyptical. You know, it's like, okay, probably some rich survivalist <laughs> could drive that to the end of the world when everything just doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. um, totally dystopian. That's futuristic for me. <laughs> oh, Josh, I was hoping for rainbows and flowers and unicorns and everybody holding hands and, you know, we love this planet and do something about it. Okay, so we have different views of the future. But and I wouldn't like that to be categorized as male or female kind of perception. But it's really interesting how mm. gender is played out in these designs and what's associated with it. Yeah, but for a male customer like Josh, he doesn't like the design <laughs> of Cybertruck too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wonder if the design of this particular vehicle is geared towards uh, male consumers mm -hmm. because I just searched news uh, this morning and I noticed that Kim Kardashian, she bought Cybertruck yeah. and she... Um, it goes kinda with her clothes, I yeah, think. Yeah, kind of showed it off on social media platforms. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been wondering, um, is the design we see it as masculine or uh, male-oriented really is targeting male customers? Or for female cu customers too, we can buy whatever you feel it's 
cool、mm-hmm. or it's beautiful. It、mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily be femininity, you know,、mm-hmm. or female-oriented colors or designs. Right, it's a、mm-hmm. great point. I would、yeah. say then it's a different parameter that's used to that should be used to judge here is、mm. whether you have money or you don't, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Because for you know somebody who earns what hundreds of millions of dollars like that, like Kim Kardashian, <laughs> then you know what she wants is a status symbol or whatever, yeah,、right. like shows that you know I'm I'm wealthy and and cool, you know that kind of thing. It's not necessarily what every average、mm. female buyer or motorist is thinking about. When we're acquiring cars,、mm. yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that that also means that we have to consider that one of the reasons that it may seem as though car designs have been tailored towards the male market, which in some very specific ways, which I think we should talk about, they have. We've basically so far we've just been talking about the outside design of the car, right? Which is mainly just for visual aesthetic, but there's also the inside design of the car, which、mm-hmm. is really when it gets to be specifically designed more for males or females because it's more physically comfortable for them.、Mm-hmm. But just to talk again about the outside of the car, I think that it was a good point that you made. That is it that the design is more tailored towards men historically, or is it just that men have traditionally and historically had more disposable income and ha- had the spending power to purchase cars? I think that is true, right? But definitely within the car, inside. The car. This is where I think it gets particularly interesting because there are very specific physical parameters that、um, have been developed to make it more comfortable for a male who will be heavier, usually taller, for、mm-hmm. example, and have different body parts, right? So may need slightly different <laughs>、okay. types of space, right, and and such. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and also I think one of the reasons is that we have seen more male workers or professionals they're working in this automotive industry, such as major car companies like Volkswagen. Mercedes-Benz、uh, or BMW—they all have male design chiefs、um, in their company. So I think, in that sense, not only in the past、uh, we saw male drivers—they're dominating the the market of the automobiles—but also. Males—they're making the call in terms of the design.、Mm-hmm. So that's why nowadays, as we are seeing more female consumers, they have this capability to purchase cars and drive cars on the road. We actually are seeing、um, an increasing number of car companies that are launching female-oriented products as well,、uh, especially. To target these female drivers,、mm. and also some people are saying that with electric vehicles,、uh, right. which are a relatively new thing、mm-hmm. in the automobile industry, then maybe you know we can be hopeful that things will change. Yeah, with these newer models、mm-hmm. of design that can cater towards the female preferences and tastes. In that、yes. sense,、mm-hmm. and these days we have seen that the automotive industry have been answering to some of these demands of change of car models and designs, more tilting towards the female preference. And Josh, what are some of these changes inside the car or outside a car that you have observed? Yeah, well, there's actually so many examples, and a lot of these examples actually tailor around the ability to personalize your car physically in order to make it more physically comfortable. So it's not that so many of them are directly tailored towards females, but it's that you have the ability to make them comfortable.、Um, so one example is adjustable seat heights, right? A lot of these things are to do with physical things. So cars like the Honda Fit. 
fitting to its name, offer adjustable seat heights, which allow the driver to go to a variety of heights. And females are usually slightly shorter than males, so they can find a comfortable driving position. Maybe this doesn't seem like a particularly- Mind-blowing. Uh, progressive example here, mm -hmm. yeah, but I'll give you some more. Um, there are ergonomic controls. The Mazda 3 features redesigned steering wheels and gear shifts that are ergonomically designed um, to be easily reachable um, for individuals with, uh, and, and I quote, sm smaller hand, okay? Mm -hmm. So again, maybe this seems like not so mind-blowing, but another one uh, is visibility. So there's a car called the Subaru Forester, which incorporates larger windows, narrower pillars, and strategically placed mirrors to optimize visibility um, to benefit, again, drivers of all heights. So I must admit that although there are a lot of examples here, a lot of them are just to do with height. And I I'm not sure if that's particularly innovative, right? Mm -hmm. I've got one more mm -hmm. example for you. Mm -hmm. um, and this is more to do with the color and styling because you asked about the outside as well. Um, now, one very popular car that's been popular for decades is the Fiat 500. And the Fiat 500 has always been sort of marketed as an affordable car, as a car that is for first-time drivers and things like this. And they were one of the first really popular cars to start marketing themselves in a variety of very vibrant color options and customizable interior styling choices to cater to diverse tastes. Now, if you look at, for example, the clothing market and you compare the male clothing market to the female clothing market, you will see that the female clothing market, if you look at e-commerce and the like, and you look at the data, it shows that females often prefer to have a much more diverse range of colors, styles, and things like this. So if one was to make that comparison, you could make the argument that um, Fiat 500 is also doing this to cater more towards the female market. Now, I must admit, a lot of these facts are disputable. And also, these examples that I've given you aren't particularly uh, innovative, I must say, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, speaking of color, I've noticed one of the examples is that car brand launched a car model painted in the color of pink from the steering mm. wheel, seats, car consoles, handbrake, safety belts, all pink. <sighs> but I think in that sense, it can be very stereotypical Oh yeah. for them to think that female uh, drivers, they would definitely love the color of pink. But but actually not. We don't no. We don't love pink. You don't we're not either. Barbies. <laughs> okay. The two females in this studio certainly we're not buying it. Yes. Um and another uh another example in China is that the Great Wall Motors electric brand Aura launched the ballet cat. Um this is the ballet cat. The ba <laughs> Sorry, again. You're typical. Not yes. into ballet, nor am I into cats. I can watch one ballet <laughs> performance once like two years maybe. Okay. But it's designed, you know, too, to uh, appeal to female drivers. Okay. And they actually formed a female research group to learn about the difficulties of uh, female driving. And they adopted a, a series of solutions like a smaller steering wheel, an LED mirror, and also an interesting a selfie camera. Hold on. <laughs> Did you say an LED mirror? LED mirror. So what's that for? So it can um, light up. Light up and show your glorious face okay. while driving in the I'm car. I'm glorious enough. I don't need more lighting up. <laughs> oh, 
So that's that's very funny. And they actually has have a feature called Lady Driving Mode.、Um, What is that? It can switch on the cruise control and、uh, has voice controlled parking and reversing and. And an extra warning system for distracted driving. So, hold on, that's only for ladies, ladies mode. That mode. should be human being、yes. mode. Yes, I know plenty of guys who can't put their like smartphone down、mm. for business, talking, or、yeah. whatever, or or maybe gaming or whatever it is.、Right. Everybody should keep their eyes on the road and on your surroundings、mm-hmm. when you're driving、yeah. or parking your car. It's not a ladies mode thing. Period.、Yes. So I think that's why many of the Female consumers, they are not happy about it because <laughs> these, the so-called, they are targeting or they're serving these female drivers, but actually it's based on discriminations and stereotypes. So we don't like it. But I think, in my opinion, by launching this women-specific designs and models, can be a strategic move for. Car companies to better address the requirements of female customers, but、um, firstly, we have to know what women drivers they actually need or what they. Prefer, based on my research, actually safety is the most important characteristic for a woman when buying a car, and also functionality, performance, and space within the car. Actually, for exterior and interior design, it's not the most important thing for a female driver. So,、uh, probably creating cars with these considerations in mind can help companies、uh, tap into a broader market and. Uh, enhance their customer satisfaction. Yeah,、mm. safety is a really good point、yes. that you brought up, Xingyu. And、um, safety here has one other layer of、uh, implication.、Um, I-, I wonder if it's just me or. Folks out there might think from a similar lens, the pink car that is just <laughs> no way something I would ever buy.、Mm-hmm. And you know why? It's not like I hate pink that much. Yes, I prefer blue or purple. But anyway, as a female driver and、uh, car owner, I don't want other people to assume that this car, my car, is、mm-hmm. owned by a female. Because、mm. I've parked my car in a parking lot, and I know this is probably me being a little bit paranoid, but I am an optimistic pessimist. I suppose I just think you, you don't know. What if a burglar or you know some bad guys who are just targeting cars or want to rob a car or, or whatever it is? I just don't want them to assume that oh, this car is owned by a woman. I'd rather my car to okay. Here is a little bit of a paradox here、mm. that I like it to blend into every other car that's assumed <laughs> owned by a man. But also, I want my car to be nice, to like be clean, to be comfortable, and and looks good.、Mm. So so there's a little bit of a paradoxical mindset there. But certainly, I just don't think it's good for safety. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm thinking too much, but. When、mm. I'm driving, especially at night, you know, I'm、uh. when I go out at night and things, I I'm very aware and、um, that I, I am a female driver and safety is my top priority.、Mm, yeah. Sure,、hmm. and also I've done my research and it shows that more car companies they're launching this gender neutral designs, not just oriented targeting male or female customers. It's going androgynous. 
that's what I love. You know, I think that's the future. And already we see fashion brands uh, coming out with clothing that's, mm-hmm. you know, good on the male and on the female. I suppose it's essential to approach this issue with caution and avoid reinforcing stereotypes and uh, perpetuating gender norms. While some female drivers may appreciate cars with certain design elements, others may prefer vehicles that prioritize different features. Additionally, focusing solely on gender-specific designs could risk oversimplifying the diversity of preferences among drivers of all genders. And to give you a quick example, one of my male friends has saved up and got this mega German-made SUV. And I guess it's some kind of testament to how masculine he might be um, or successful he might be or whatever it is. Well, you know, congratulations, whatever. You got what you got. And um, he complained to me because we're good friends. He struggles to get onto and out of the car because originally it was designed for what ginormous military people from that country and then i as a very tall woman i need to like tiptoe a little bit you know to get onto the car but yeah so sometimes i think these designs it's not male or female Mm. but it's more like you know what are the personal needs or interests of this consumer does this person like outdoors uh, activities a lot or have a lot of stuff that they need to carry from a to b and you know, I, I think what's more useful in the future is probably look at the more diverse needs of people instead of just seeing, oh, she's a woman. She must like pink and have long fingernails and love taking selfies. And as a woman, I'm telling you, no, 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 no to all of those things. In that light, then what should the car industry do to answer to these different elevated needs of people? Well, I think that if car manufacturers want to continue their success, what they need to do, which we we see that those that are successful are doing um, and or maybe haven't done well in this example that you've given with your friend, is that they need to accept that customers these days, not just people buying automobiles, but in every kind of market, they want personalized products. They want the product to be able to be suited to them and more and more specifically to their needs. And I think that cars are no different. So having all of these little things from adjustable seats to adjustable steering wheels, to maybe even adjustable suspension for your friend who maybe can not get into the car, maybe working out some way to make the car lower, or maybe also there is some responsibility on the consumer's part to not purchase a car that um, they cannot, you know, maybe use comfortably or something (laughs) like that. But from the manufacturer's Mm -hmm. point of view, definitely they need to make their car ultimately more customizable. Yeah, that's a very good point. And on top of that, I still think that you need to put more women in the design team, if not as the design head, at least for the model that you're looking to attract more gender inclusive crowds. Coming up, let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Roundtable. Heart to heart. Who's got a question for Roundtable? Hi, Hui Yang. Hi, Niu Hongling. Hi, Lai Ming. My name is Xu Hong. I'm from Beijing. I am a retired teacher. Today, I would like to share my view of three recent topics, which, like uh, He Yang said, I'm itchy of sharing. 
My first response is to a recent show talking about traditional Chinese operas needs to add in more modern elements in order to be appealing to younger generation. My view is that in modern life, we need to change, make change and adaptations to everything in order to survive. Here is my crazy question for all of you. I heard from my elementary school students that dinosaurs, they are actually today's birds. Can you imagine that? Dinosaurs from billions of years ago are evolving into today's little cute birds. My question is, what do you think human being, this species, would be like in, let's say, a billion year? Do you think human being would look the same? My second response is to a lovely young lady who is kind of worried about her introvertness. I think you can't exactly say a person is introvert or ultrovert, a hundred percent, absolutely. As a naturally introvert person, I became a teacher. I need to be outspoken in class. So you don't have to worry about you are introvert or ultrovert. It just depends on the situation. And always remember being helpful and being sincere can really help you to be recognized by your fellow workers, your boss and your friends. It doesn't matter whether you are talkative or not. My very last response is to a show which is talking about street names. And I feel like uh, this topic is very interesting. For example, I um, know Gong Zhu Fen is actually the inspiration of the TV show or the novel from Chong Yao, Huan Zhu Ge Ge. I love the program Books and Beyond. Would you please pass the um, information to whoever is in charge of Books and Beyond? I truly love to see more and more uh, audiobooks come to the program. And finally, I want to say thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Xu Hong. What a wonderful and long message you've sent us. And we had to shorten it quite a bit to fit the radio program timing as such. Um, Josh, what do you have to say to our lovely listener? Yeah, what an interesting couple of questions. I mean, I'll focus on the first question um, about what we might look like in a billion years. What a, <laughs> what a difficult and interesting question to ask, but also quite an interesting one. Well, I think that we probably won't be around in a billion years if one considers evolution to be any kind of evidence. I think humanity is, you know, about two to three hundred years old based on fossil evidence. And of course, I think we, we have evidence that dinosaurs, as you mentioned, were around around 230 million years ago to 65 million years ago, something like that. But what we might look like in a billion years if we were to be around I have absolutely no idea, but I know that the environment, the environment if we somehow survive even a million years, yeah. I think that we will look very different. I think that we'll have probably evolved to look very similar as a whole species. And I think that we will probably have evolved to cope with colder climates and technology by that point. Who even knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Heyang, tell me. I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> it is a very difficult question. And as an essentially a pessimist, um, you know how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. We'd be lucky to even be around. Anyhow.
Hao. Thank you so much, Xu Hong, for sending in your question and wonderful thoughts. We appreciate it so much, and we've passed on your um, nice words to our colleagues producing books and beyond. And was it good for you? We'd love to hear your voice. Simply record a voice memo sharing your questions and insights and send it our way to EZFMRoundtable at foxmail.com and participate in our heart-to-heart segment. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, Josh and Xingyu, for joining the discussion. I'm Ha Young. We'll see you next time.